Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, North Story Brothers. This is the Eyes on Tech. I am Eagle Falcon. Nothing happened. No, nothing happened. N- nothing at all. There's no news. We're just going to go home now. Uh, no, obviously a lot happened. Uh, the biggest thing, of course, being a massive shockwave in the crypto f- in the crypto space that uh, caught everyone off guard. Like this news was big enough that even mainstream news outlets took notice. FTX, a crypto exchange, is filing bankruptcy across all of their divisions. And I wanna stress this, this story is still developing. So there is, so far, what we know may not be correct as more details come out. We wanna make that clear anytime it is still a developing story. But here's how things are going down. FTX was supposed to be purchased by a competitor called Binance. Binance, after trying to look into them to see how good the purchase was going to be, ended up backing out of the deal. Unlike the Twitter and Elon Musk deal, it was a very loose agreed upon deal, which didn't have caveats that forced one company to buy the other, like it did in Elon's case. So FTX was left to just not be bought out. The other problem is that FTX was not in the best financial state, which is kind of weird because their entire business model is to just exchange real money for crypto and make their profit based off a fee. As far as in the financial sector, this style of modeling is the most risk-free model of monetization possible. You literally can't lose no matter what the market does. Regardless, you're going to always collect your fee. The only thing that could happen is that users leave you. That's it. It's about as stable as a business could be. But, oh, things get uh, unique. Because it turns out FTX was part of another holdings company. And unfortunately, I don't have the name of that company in front of me. But basically, that company had a whole bunch of money that was being taken from FTX that was just kind of off the records. FTX was trying to save this second company, as someone in the chat just mentioned. And um, it, it sounds like that other company was in a whole lot of other problems as their CEO had a drug problem. There's also some reports that, in fact, um, the second company was, uh, y- you know how now in the workplace, um, one of the biggest things you should never, ever do is date your coworkers? Yeah, they absolutely didn't do that. Apparently, everyone in the workspace there was romantically engaged with each other in some way, shape, or form. At least that's what reports are saying. In fact, they're saying that there was a romantic relationship between the CEO of the other company and the CEO of FTX, which is what may or may not have started this whole thing in the first place. So this is now leading to a failure of both companies with FTX being out billions of dollars. We're hearing numbers anywhere from six to $9 billion in debt. And to make matters even worse, as FTX was filing bankruptcy, Miraculously, FTX got hacked and even more money was stolen from the company. At this time, the FBI is involved in tracing down the hackers. And in fact, the Oval Office is taking a close look at um, 
possibly regulating crypto based on these recent things that have happened because, you know, it's a lot of everyday people now out billions of dollars. In addition, while they're trying to figure out this hacker, the CEO of FTX has gone silent over the weekend. And there's rumors and reports of potentially, oh, that was distracting. (laughs) There is a potential of the FTX CEO leaving on a jet to Argentina. So that is what I know so far. And again, I want to stress this. This is a developing story. I am reporting on this on Sunday. The information I've all gathered was on Friday and Saturday night. And you are now hearing it most likely on Monday or a day or two after. So what are my thoughts? I'll be perfectly honest. I have never heard of FTX. Never. This is the first time I've heard of them. It always does seem like it just seems like there's tons of various crypto exchanges just because it is an unregulated industry and is one in which there is a lot of traffic and a lot of opportunities to skim fees and a lot of opportunities to just make money. However, there's no regulation and everything goes. The temptation of embezzlement is very strong. I have a feeling that's what happened between the two companies. Now, I want to stress the fact that first they declared bankruptcy and then they were hacked. I am willing to bet what happened, not bet a lot, mind you, but I'm willing to bet that the CEO figured that his only way out of this was in fact to declare chapter 11 bankruptcy and then realizing that everything he had left could be seized to repay the debt in bankruptcy, staged the hack himself and then fled the country. But I also admit I am trying to assemble up a 2000 piece puzzle with only a hundred some pieces. We don't know all the details yet, but this thing is going to get interesting. We're going to call it interesting. I don't think it's going to get more calm. That's for certain. All we can do right now is wait and see how this all develops. Uh, I'm telling you, this is going to be the story that everyone's going to be like, wait, what? It always does seem to be the crypto scandals that always seem to end the most dramatically. It always does. It doesn't help at all that it's always had this like aura of just invest in crypto, easiest money you ever made. Well, most people not realizing the main reason it's the easiest money you ever made is because someone else made the money off you. But it is what it is. Wee! In other news, here's an interesting little uh, attack that could be used on your Android phones. A one minute little trick using a tool that can bypass any pin lock, including, well, just about any phone except a Pixel phone. The way it's done is in fact by using, well, here's how it goes, okay? Let's go over this. The pin on Android itself is secure, by the way. But if you have a pin locked SIM card, you have to go ahead, put the pin, put the SIM card into a new phone and then just try any pin three times. Once that fails, you can put in the quote puck code. And by doing this, you can bypass the internal lock on the SIM card or the internal lock on the phone. 
it's a very odd little bypass because because by doing this you can go ahead and gain access to anyone's phone that you just found or even better if you're trying to get into someone else's phone you put your sim card in fill the pin three times put in the puck code that you know for your own sim card because it's your sim card rather than brute forcing a number of different puck codes because there's only a handful of them and then get in and now you're in the phone that was previously locked Man, maybe Apple was onto something by switching to eSIMs, huh? You don't hear me say that often, or ever for that fact. I rarely talk about eSIMs. Now, Pixel phones are, have already have this patched. Considering the fact that Pixel phones already have this patched, I imagine other Android phones will very quickly start to have this exploit patched. Now, here's one last thing I'll put out there, all right? There is a code among hackers once you have physical access to the device all bets are off this is exactly why there are tons of these kind of exploits and far more that we don't know about or heck you could just go ahead plug in a special usb device into the usb-c port on the bottom have it be registered as a keyboard and have it try a an entire rainbow table of passwords at the speed of thought to the phone and eventually the phone will crack. There's ways around this too, but let's be perfectly honest. You didn't enable them, did you? What I'm basically saying is if you are afraid of this kind of attack to your phone, do you know what the easiest way to prevent your phone from being exploited is? Don't lose it! If that's one thing that my smartwatch has been great at, it's given me a buzz anytime I have wandered too far away from my phone. And that sounds minor, but you have no idea how many times that has saved me. Way more than I'd ever care to admit. Speaking of which, where's my phone? Uh-oh. We'll worry about that during the break. In the meantime, though, let's just go ahead and panic more about other security vulnerabilities. Someone in chat says, in before the roommate is hacking into my phone right now. Look, I don't mean to belittle my roommate at all. But considering the fact that just the other day, his computer was bad and the answer was actually to dust it, I'm pretty confident my roommate is not the sort to try and do a rainbow table style attack onto my phone. <laughs> not to belittle him at all or anything like that, who may or may not be listen listening to this right now because I left the door wide open. Chat says he's just been baiting you to let your guard down. That's what he wants you to think, man. Man, that kind of paranoid thought is not what we need in this world. That is not going to go ahead and be healthy at all. Kind of like being paranoid about the fact that because you have a Samsung phone, that surveillance vendors are targeting your phone. Yes, your surveillance phone in particular, or your Samsung phone in particular, with zero day vulnerability exploits, this is actually kind of concerning. Why? Why is this a thing? Why are there surveillance vendors targeting specifically Samsung? You wanna know why they're targeting Samsung's phone specifically? Name a more popular Android phone. I haven't looked at a chart lately, but I guarantee you right now, Samsung is number two, right under Apple. And it's unfortunately the mindset we've kind of all gotten into. What are you gonna get? Are you gonna get an Apple or a Samsung? How many times have you heard that from your... Chat says any Android phone with a headphone jack. 
We lost. There's no headphone jacks anymore. They're extinct. We're not even getting them on our motherboards anymore, man. It's all ogre. It's all ogre, man. But you get my point. Samsung is clearly the number two. And you start getting news like this, how their phones specifically are being targeted, despite the fact they built their brand up by saying they're going to be the most anti-Apple phone ever. And then they lived long enough to go ahead and kill off the headphone jack and kill off extended SD card storage. Yeah, remember that? Remember when you could expand your SD card storage? Man, I remember that. Those are good times. Yeah, I have 256 gigs built, built in, but I could add a whole terabyte if I wanted to to the phone. Easy peasy. <gasps> Gone. No one's even griping about that anymore. Not a soul. Everyone's all about the headphone jack, and I would dare argue the SD card slot is far more valuable than the headphone jack. Granted, if I had my choice, you know what I'd rather have in my phone? Both! Unfortunately, I do not live in perfect land, and it is, in fact, tragic. But this should be something that has you reconsider whether you should or shouldn't go to that Samsung phone. Like, just think about it for a minute. All Samsung's done lately made their phones actually become more expensive than the iPhones somehow, give us less features, give us a buggier experience, get rid of convenience features like physical headphone jacks and media, media card readers. They are living off their brand name pretty much exclusively. And now as a result, you're now paying more for a less secure device because more people are trying to target them. Now, I'm not saying that no one should ever buy a Samsung phone ever, but I am saying this is something you should consider the next time you go ahead and upgrade your phone, as well as also ponder if, in fact, headphone jacks actually do still exist and are not a figment of your imagination. Maybe it's all of you that are the problem. Maybe it's all of you that have these delusions of headphone jacks existing on cell phones. Maybe. They were never there in the first place. Maybe you think your phone that did have a head, that does have a headphone jack now, maybe that's not actually a headphone jack. Maybe that's just a, uh, a, a hole that was drilled out by a, a boring beetle and it just somehow accidentally gives you audio through the board hole. I can't even keep this act up with a straight face. Let's just move on. This is going on way too long. The EU is doing an in-depth investigation into the Microsoft Activision deal. Someone in chat asked, if I'm listening to you through the headphone jack, does that make me a figment of your imagination? Yes, it does. And it makes your imagination a very good one because you have chosen with your imagination to inject facts and logic with a lethal door dose of sarcasm. Dose and dose. All right, so... The EU is now looking deep into the Blizzard Activision deal, and uh, their con primary concern is that this will significantly reduce competition. Now look, I will admit, I don't know how big the scope is for Activision. I don't know how big the scope is of Call of Duty, because that's going to be the big deal. I guarantee you, King is not competition. The mobile space is so full of competition, it is literally eating itself right now. So King is not competition. Blizzard right now is not competition. Their reputation is so dead to gamers right now 
It is actually causing depression. We are still in the grieving phase of watching Blizzard absolutely ruin everything it used to stand for. And I'm, I'm not going to lie. It, it still hurts. It, it, it still hurts. It feels bad, man. It feels real bad. But the big deal is going to be Activision and the Call of Duty franchise. Because that is still, whether we like to admit it or not, a massive video game franchise. One of which that, um, well, for the most part, we kind of don't pay close attention to at all. Like every year, there's a new Call of Duty game, sometimes infuriatingly using the exact same name as a previous Call of Duty game. Why are there two Modern Warfare 2s, Activision? Why? I can't tell you how much this annoys me. In fact, there's two Call of Duty games, or two Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 games, and they're not even remakes of each other. This annoys me. This annoys me so much. Like, could you imagine if you picked up like, oh, look, I found Pac-Man. And then you pick up another Pac-Man for like for the next generation up and then it's a point and click adventure game instead of it being freaking Pac-Man. That's what Modern Warfare 2 is and it annoys me. Kind of like Pac-Man 2 annoys me, but I digress. That is what's going to be the key thing. How much does Activision being bought by Microsoft affect the industry? Because everything else is just rotten fruit on the tree. As much as it pains me to say that Blizzard is rotten fruit on the tree of Activision. It just unfortunately is. <sighs> it's still painful. It's still very painful every time I think about Blizzard and the nonsense they've had to deal with. All right, one last story before we get to the break. I don't know if we talked about it here on Eagle Eyes on Tech, but there are reports saying that Meta was going to cut a lot of jobs. Well, guess what? They did it. Facebook, a.k.a. Meta, a.k.a. Mark, Zucker, Mark Zuckerberg's uh, daycare, has cut 11,000 jobs. I also want to point out that um, this move was done very shortly after Twitter laid off a large chunk of their workforce. I'd say after Twitter laid off 50% of their workforce, but they tried to hire a good chunk of them back because they realized at the last minute, oh... We needed some of those. Now, the cuts were like, for the most part, across the board. There was a larger amount in the, quote, mixed reality labs, which, mixed reality labs, really? Mixed reality labs? Has anyone at Meta ever, like, looked at the name of their stuff and the history behind some of these names and thought, you know, maybe, just maybe, maybe we're in the wrong here. You got the metaverse, which is based on a dystopian future. You have, you have the mixed reality labs. Again, same sort of, I just, mm. in any case, great, 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 Zuckerberg. You did it. You win. You win at whatever the heck this was. We're going to take a break here when we come back. I, we need to give you an update on what has been going on at Twitter. We'll be back. This podcast is brought to you by Factor 75. You can use my link or go to go.factor75.com and use the code FACTORSE7727 for 60% off your first box. Factor 75 is a diet meals to home plan. I can speak clearly, I swear, that will help you maintain a healthy diet look the holidays are coming up 
it is going to be a big, big point to try and keep your weight down or else you're gonna end up like me. And I've been trying to go ahead and lose weight for a long time and hope, and this is a great easy way to go about it. The meals come directly to you, refrigerated or not refrigerated, but insulated box with it with an ice pack. They're run by the same people that that do HelloFresh, so they know how to go ahead and ship food across the country. It all comes pre-cooked, pre-prepared. All you have to do is reheat it in the microwave if you're in a hurry, or in the oven if you're me and dislike microwaves. I don't know why I dislike microwaves. I just do. So as I said. Use my link or go to factor, I'm sorry, go.factor75.com and use the code factor SE7727 for 60% off your first box. You can find the link in the description of the podcast. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. All right, well, let's get an update on the beauty that is Tesla. Oh, boy. So, someone in chat asked was, was asking about our, our sponsor. Do these actually work in that... Uh, that kitchen robot I have. Yes, actually they do. I mean, just about, I mean, I have to take them out of their current package, put them into a metal one. Cause you know, it's just plastic that they're in. But of course they would. In any case, let's get to Twitter. Elon has made more steps to improving Twitter's experience and learned a very valuable lesson. First off, Elon has scrapped Twitter's work from home policy. So after firing 3,700 employees, first off, I find that impressive. When Twitter went ahead and fired 50% of their staff, everyone focused 50%, 50%, 50%, 50%, 50%. They only removed 3,700 employees. When Elon gets rid of his workforce, his was only, I believe the amount was like, 8% of his workforce or something like that. I don't know the exact number. But the number they kept using was 11,000 employees. Man, I thought the size of Twitter versus Meta was far closer. I was severely wrong. Wow. That puts Twitter at rough, previously at about 7,000 employees and Meta at over 100,000. Wow. But in any case, the work from home policy has been scrapped officially at Twitter. Now, I believe there's multiple different reasons for this. One, Elon has not liked these work from home policies in any of his other companies, any of them at all. Tesla doesn't have them. The boring company doesn't have them. SpaceX doesn't have them. No matter what the position is, no work from home. So that could be the reason for it. Another reason could be there is some reports about the verification sticker being sold behind the scenes for thousands upon thousands of dollars by Twitter employees. This move could be to actually keep a closer eye on everyone and see who the culprits of this sort of behavior are. 
that could be another one of the reasons. But at this point, we don't know. We just know that Elon's making this life decision and it is not making the employees very happily, happy at all. And um, it doesn't help at all that um, your whole fiasco right now with Twitter Blue is not going great. For those who need a recap, Twitter Blue is a thing that already existed before Elon bought the company. For $5 a month, you got ad-free viewing as well as the edit button and a few other little quirky things as well. But for the most part, you cared about ad-free viewing and the edit button. Well, here's the thing. Elon needs to make some cash and he needs to make it fast. So what do you do? Well, first off, they bring the price of Twitter Blue up to $20 a month. I mean, $8 a month. $8 a month is what we meant. Clearly, totally. And, well, it doesn't help at all that um, the other thing that Twitter Blue is going to do for now $8 a month is instead of getting no ads, you'd get less ads. You'd get preferred viewership in the algorithm, which uh, I like the idea from a influencer standpoint, but for someone trying to go ahead and preach about how he's going to be the, how Twitter's going to be the free speech platform, giving a feature to make someone more equal than others isn't good at all. It kind of does this thing called uh, go to the contrary of it, but here's the biggest problem. And the reason why a lot of people shouldn't get Twitter blue, it gives you an automatic verified sticker. You know, the thing that lets people know that, in fact, you are the real Verge, the, the real Elon Musk, the real Eagle. Okay, I don't have a verified sticker, but the real anyone else? Huh. Whoops. Yeah, it wasn't a secret. Roughly a day after it launched, tons upon tons upon tons upon tons of fraudulent accounts were being made just to go ahead, get the verified sticker, and then impersonate someone else and say something stupid. And it worked. It worked extremely well. Multiple various, com various companies had their prices plummet. Their stock prices, I mean, because of fraudulent tweets. One of which being the Lockheed Martin Corporation, which makes jets as well as, you know, military weapons. All because one person put out a fake tweet that said, we'll be halting all weapon sales to Saudi Arabia, Israel, and the United States until further investigations into their records of human rights abuses. False account absolutely tanked the stock price. There is gonna be a lot of lawsuits against Twitter because Twitter enabled this sort of thing. Now, Twitter has in fact now disabled the blue signups. And you know what they did after realizing the problem? Why? They brought back the official account tag. Yeah, the gray check mark, it's back. And now, while it's appearing and disappearing, you can also now right-click any account that has a blue check mark and see how they got it, whether they paid for Twitter Blue or actually got it by being a verified source. Yeah, very quickly, Elon's realizing maybe, just maybe, this wasn't a great idea, like, at all. It's almost like you have a guy who uh, doesn't think things through, like, at freaking all. And of course... What's not helping at all is the fact that internal talks within Twitter that have been confirmed says that Musk is warning of Twitter bankruptcy, which then caused more senior executives to quit. 
You can't make this stuff up. What on earth is going on at Tesla Twitter, man? What is going at HQ Elon? Like our expectations were low, but holy cow. Like this is getting to the point of just being impressive. There's no other way to say it. This is like impressive amounts of messing up everything. But I, I, again, I wanted to approach this with the thought that, you know, the man knows a few things about business. He can't muck it up entirely, right? Right? Boy, you showed me. Kudos. Yeah, went ahead and proved me wrong. That is a doozy. And to make things even weirder is that uh, one thought that Elon had and no word if he's going to do it. I imagine he's not because this is going to be a, it didn't work for any other social media company that tried this. Elon has floated around the idea of turning Twitter into a bank. Ah, yes. That's how you save Twitter. You turn it into PayPal. Didn't the original founder of Twitter actually like start up PayPal or something to that affair? Like, I just, no, this is a bad idea. Hmm. This whole thing has just been one giant mess. Uh, But you know what? There is at least some good Elon news. As handed off to us by one of our viewers, Tesla has actually made good on one of its promises long ago. They have made their charging standard available to other companies. And in fact, soon any other electric vehicle that is willing to actually do it can charge at a Tesla supercharging station if they so choose. It's almost like Elon and the rest of Tesla realize that, you know what? Um, There's a lot more electric vehicles coming out and maybe we'll be better off going ahead and just providing the infrastructure for all of it rather than just being direct competitors and trying to amplify everything as we're simultaneously failing to make a car that people want to actually drive that isn't driven by a freaking yoke and no turnstocks and dangerous capacitive non-textile buttons on the steering wheel and is just an absolute menace for anyone to drive that has any sort of driving experience whatsoever. No, I am not gonna let this go. This entire design infuriates me to no end. What, no other car manufacturer on the planet does this and actually puts it into production. It's so freaking stupid. The only time you see this are on concept cars. You want to know how how far they get past the concept stage? Nowhere, because everyone with a functional brain is able to look at it and say, no, this is a freaking terrible and unsafe idea. Because if I need to go ahead and signal that I'm turning, how am I supposed to do that? Oh, looked out at the steering wheel, up, someone cut me off and now I'm dead, lol. (sighs) Someone in chat says, I think some track cars have it. I don't think track cars have turn signals. We want to get right down to it. Ah, but it is what it is. Anyway, let's talk about something that's more tech related, shall we? Instead of ranting about Twitter and terrible Tesla car designs for the rest of the day, let's talk about Intel and how that they are confirming that in fact you can update your Arc GPU firmware on both Intel and AMD CPUs. This was actually a big problem when Arc was first introduced. The fact that apparently it was looking for an Intel CPU at very first 
Intel said this was not going to be their plan. And in fact, they have now made good on that. And it is now absolutely fixed. Uh, someone in chat says there's nothing good to talk about with Chromebooks this week. Of course, there's nothing good to talk about with Chromebooks. Chromebooks are terrible. Don't buy Chromebooks. Buy a real computer. Just because there's no news about it doesn't mean I'm not going to tell you the correct way to get a computer. <laughs> they actually didn't say <laughs> I twisted their words a little bit. I'll, I'll admit that. But I also didn't say who said it. So there. All right. Let's shift gears over to AMD. AMD has revealed their newest CPU and... um. I want it. This the new AMD Epic Genoa I want it. Uh CPU has been announced for the enterprise and server I want it segment and will be available soon with a higher I want it instructions per clock, better power efficiency I want it and up to 96 cores per I want it CPU. 96 CPU cores able to handle a whopping 128 lanes of PCI Express bandwidth and sacrificing some of those lanes so that if you were insane enough to pop two of these into one server system, I want it. A good chunk of those lanes we use to communicate with each other. I want it faster. So 96 cores, that is 192 threads. If you have two of them in a server, which is not uncommon, you could have 192 physical I want it cores inside that one server, meaning 380 I want it for cores, or I'm sorry, threads in one server. That's nuts. You look at Intel and their Xeon platform, their platform for the database, the enterprise, the data centers across the globe, and they're going like, oh man, we can get 28 cores but we're going to go ahead and make a subscription model to offer other features along with it that are already built onto the CPU so that we can try and increase our revenue. Right now, Intel owns the data center. Intel owns it. Their name recognition is so well, they basically feel they just can't do any wrong. Let me ask you this. If your goal was to create a server rack that had the most compute power possible in one rack, what would you do? Would you, A, use 1U servers that could fit 56 cores per rack, or B, use cores that could fit, uh, use 1U racks that could fit 192 cores per rack? Intel is in serious danger in the database department. Someone in chat says, get media tech. Okay, I mean, tech, if, if your workload can justify using those kind of processors, obviously you're gonna go with those kind of processors. Uh, we're talking basics here. We're talking your basic x86-based servers. It's more than just saying, oh, get media tech. It's lower power and power consumption and thermals. Your workload may not work on a media tech CPU because media tech is ARM-based. ARM-based does not operate everything. There are limitations to ARM. There are still limitations to ARM. You, you can't just go ahead and say, oh no, MediaTek beats out AMD and Intel because lower power because ARM. Yeah, that's not how that works. That's not how that works at freaking all. But yeah, that is, it, it is an insane CPU. Now, one thing I should point out, I said 
you could put two of these in the system. With how big the CPU is now, you may not be able to physically get this CPU and all the RAM slots to power it onto a single server board. It's possible you'll run into a problem there, but we'll have to see what the server designers end up doing. Cause let me tell you, if you think that all server boards are the same, oh man, you haven't looked. You have not looked at all. It gets fascinating. I'm telling you, desktop motherboards, there's a few tweaks here. It's like, ooh, that one's black. Ooh, that one's red. Ooh, that's got a, that's got a cool little shroud on them. Take a look at server motherboards. The unique shape they end up in, the various little odd little movements, just so it perfectly fits into a chassis differently. It is an entirely different animal. And I'm very curious to see if they're gonna be able to get two, or in some rare cases, even four of these into one chassis. It is gonna be very, very interesting. Razer has announced a new PS5 controller. And um, I don't know what Razer is on, but they need to stop. They need to stop on whatever the heck they are. Um, Whatever they're doing, they need to stop. Because this new PS5 controller, first off, I hate the look of it. Because this whole thing looks like one, you know what it actually looks like? It just hit me now. It looks like the big, thick, chungus, like, Sega Saturn controller, but the middle, like, grip part is gone. Like, it is a chungus of a controller. But here's the killer part. This controller costs $2,250. For the controller? That's a little less than half what I paid for my PS5. That's over half of what some people pay for their PS5. What? How? How does Razer believe they can justify this? This is absolutely insane. Someone in chat, I think, said it best. They said it's the Xbox One and the PS4 controller smooshed together. Yeah, kind of. But you know what the biggest sin is for me? Just looking at this thing. It's not just the fact that it's a $250 controller. It is the fact that this D-pad right here is not four separate buttons. One of the biggest reasons why a lot of people who play on PC love using their PlayStation controller instead is because the D-pad, the up, down, left, right, are four separate buttons. On the Razer one, it is not. Why? Why do you do this to yourself? So it's a more expensive controller and a worse one at the same time Man, those joysticks better be amazing otherwise razor is literally just selling you snake oil but what can you do what can you do we're going to take another break here when we come back we have information regarding the rtx 4080 and its price tags spoil alert it's not good <laughs> Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. All right, so we have some pricing from the GeForce RTX 4080. And prices have accidentally kind of leaked out for what is available. Are you ready for this? The RTX 4080 can cost anywhere from... $1,200! $1,200! What? 
$1,200 on the low end, all the way up to $1,550 on the high end for the flagship card that's not the 4090. What the, what? Uh, uh, who? Man, what would you like to do? Would you like to A, get a nice used car, or B, a graphics card, not even the whole computer, a graphics card, a single component for said computer. I, you can't make this up. This is just absolutely crazy. This is just absolutely insane. Someone in chat said they're going to buy a Chromebook and use Luna for gaming. No, bad, bad. No, keep in mind, this is a very high end card, but even on the high end, this is absurd. This is obscene. You can easily just go for the 60 series, which is usually around a couple hundred. Someone just says the Chromebook fails, just replace it. Don't buy a Chromebook. Buying a Chromebook is like paying for garbage. Would you pay someone a hundred bucks to, to have a 55 gallon bag of garbage refilled? The answer is no, no, you wouldn't. So why would you do the same thing for a, for a laptop? It's the same thing. No, don't do it. There are smarter and better ways to do this. Don't buy a Chromebook. Chat's just trying to get me to go on a rant about Chromebooks. Well, they succeeded. Don't buy a Chromebook. No, no, bad. Oddly enough, right now, the used laptop market is um very weird. Like right now, nothing is moving, which is causing a lot of the used computers to really start going down in price. Someone chat said the last computer they bought was not a Chromebook this time. Well, good, and you should keep it that way. Someone else in chat said a used lap laptop marked in their, in their country is the same price as a new laptop. Why? That's absurd. Next one will probably be a Chromebook again. No, bad, stop it. Anyway, let's actually get back to the 4080. So keep in mind, the 4080 has two variants, remember? We had the 4080 with 16 gigabytes of RAM and the 4080 with 12 gigabytes of RAM. Remember that? Remember how one was radically slower than the other? Well, guess what? The 4080 with 12 gigabytes of RAM is back. And guess what? The 4080 with 12 gigabytes, which is radically slower than the RTX, than the other RTX 4080. Guess how it's coming back? As an RTX 4070 Ti. I freaking called it! Gee, look at that! What are the odds? The card, which was built to be slower than the, than the fricking 4080, and was basically a 4070 or a 4070 Ti, turns out, Nvidia is willing to admit it, that it's just an RTX 4070 Ti. What are the odds? Oh, wait, it's 100%. Granted, before I take too much credit, this was one of the easiest predictions to make on the planet. Because the whole thing smelled sus from the get-go. And the fact that NVIDIA even tried to pull the wool over our eyes is already insulting. <sighs> Here, they finally admitted it. We got them to actually admit it that yes, a 4080 is not the exact same as a 4080. When the 4080 is in fact a 4070. But if those are a bit rich for your blood, all right, all right. If these crazy high-end GPUs that cost as much as your left kidney, but not as much as your right. Not quite that expensive yet. Your right kidney is at least worth the 4090. NVIDIA does have the answer for you, my cost-conscious consumer. They're willing to re-release a four-year-old GPU. 
the RTX 2060 is being brought back into production to be sold for $220 to help alleviate the shortage. Someone in chat said both your kidneys aren't worth an, an EVGA 4090. I mean, uh, uh, EVGA next generation graphics. So for those who actually don't know with that, EVGA is now out of the VGA market, which now just makes their company name E, but they're still going to call themselves EVGA. It's very confusing. Don't worry about it. They showed off to like some influencers who are, who have been big tech journalists, the prototype they had for the 4090. Dude, that card looks awesome. Holy cow. That's crazy. It was, it had features you haven't seen before, a freaking LED indicator for which BIOS you're on, massive fat fan stack, mounting mechanism that was actually rock solid. The blasted massive four slot card didn't sag at all because they actually built the bracket properly. It was beautiful. It was even designed well too. Pass through cool cooling tasteful rgb that you could look at no freaking clown lips on the back like they did in the previous generation it was beautiful and they said it was just a prototype i am convinced that was ready that that was their gold sample that was like their manufacturing test result like there wasn't much to change on that model to make it ready for retail and then the plug was yanked out it's such a shit dude. I, I actually cried a little looking at that card and knowing that there were engineers that poured their heart and soul into that design and made an at easily, easily the best looking 4090 on the market by far, hands down the best 4090 out there. Oh, how could I forget? Someone in chat reminded me the power plug was on the back of the card. So it didn't stress anything. That was the beauty of the whole thing. They managed to do it without freaking pressing the power cord against the side and causing a house fire. There was serious thought and love that went into that card. And those people probably now don't have a job. And that's a real shame. It really is. It was beautiful. Granted, it was out of my price budget, even if it did hit re retail. That would have been, what, a $2,000 card? Um, yeah not doing that <laughs> not in the least but yes the rtx 2060 is hitting the market again i have a question video what happened to the, th to the 3000 series why are we not trying to hype up like the, the there's there's a whole generation <laughs> the heck? i don't get nvidia sometimes they are like an enigma within a shadow revealing nothing other than absolutely confusing my ever loving brain oh hey that's where that story went remember how how earlier we were talking about the um remember how earlier we were talking about the uh the razor controller how it costed way too much well maybe just maybe they got the idea from sony where sony decided to make the dual sense edge controller a better higher end version of their dual sense controller but will be available for $200. What the heck? Dude. I just, I just can't, I, I just, thanks, I hate it. I thought the whole point of getting a game console 
was in fact to um get a cheaper experience that is simpler to play why are these extra controllers granted it's supposed to be a little high, high a higher end costing literally half half as much as a digital psp ps5 for the record i paid 550 dollars for my ps5 and that came with horizon forbidden west so just why on earth why are we making these extra controllers cost half as much as the good what what's the, 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 the this whole thing's so stupid i'm forgetting how to speak i just can't even zone and chat asks are ps5 controllers on the used market i haven't looked but funny you mentioned that there is a local like used video game uh chain near me called mega media exchange and I've been hopping in there and out just looking for cheap games, some equipment for retro stuff as I'm trying to like build up what I got. In fact, it was where I got the, um, the GameCube and the Game Boy player that I have. Good stuff. Got a couple of used games there. I had to have a chuckle with one of the managers at one because I walk in and I'm like, wait, really? And they had PS5 controllers only a few weeks after the PS5 launched. And I'm just like, you have PS5 controllers. Uh-huh. You don't have any PS5s, do you? Nope. You have any PS5 games? Nope. But you have the controllers. Yep. New or used? Used. How the heck do you get used PS5 controllers already? And he's like, I don't know. Light Shift got them. I don't know how. I had asked, are you the only ones that got them? He's like, nope. The other ones do too. We just, we just don't know, man. We just don't know. <laughs> Someone in chat said, oh, hey, look, another detail to track down an Eagle IRL list. Good luck. If you manage to figure out anything from that, you got lucky. Because there are too many mega media exchanges in, in southeastern Wisconsin. You get more information from my, from my smart speaker doxing me by telling me the weather. Anyway, speaking of the Steam Deck, which is looking like a far better purchase anyway, there is a new dock for the Steam Deck that will drastically lower temps while gaming. This dock will use a tech cooler or a thermoelectric cooler to go ahead and lower the temperature of the Steam Deck while you're playing on it. Honestly, like the tech cooler and all that, that's cute. But honestly, in the end, these tech coolers end up not being all that great and up being a bigger power suck than anything. The far more interesting about, thing about this dock is the fact that it gives you a two front USB A's and one USB C. That is the far, far, far more important part about this dock and it is in fact far more interesting microsoft on the other hand has a different idea oh you see microsoft has the plan that we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna give you an option on your xbox for playing in energy saving mode energy saving mode why because you know what that's what i was concerned about when video gaming Someone in chat said, and you wonder why I like Google more than Microsoft. Dude, you have no idea, do you? <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's what I've always wanted. I've always wanted to play a game at uh, 24 frames a second so that I could feel better about how much power I'm consuming. Now, real talk, depending on the game, this actually isn't the worst feature in the world in the summer. You know, as long as the frame rate's not atrocious, this will at least be an interesting option to try and lessen the amount of heat 
coming out of these devices, which will then in turn make your AC run hotter or run harder, I should say, and this, that, and the other thing. I mean, this could be a feature that could be useful. On the other hand, are you kidding me? Somehow I think this is not helping Microsoft's case with the Xbox. Oh, it's just, man. More and more and more, I feel justified in saying I would much rather game on the PC with say a couple hundred dollar used system I went ahead and, and upfitted into a gaming PC than play on an Xbox. Mostly because my computer exists. Whereas the Xbox still feels like a work of fiction. But that being said, Sony is also looking into the power savings world. They wanna make sure their PS5 is more energy efficient and better for the environment. You wanna know how they're gonna do this? The same way every other console has done it in the past, they're gonna re-release a slim version. As the consoles are getting more efficient and the chips are getting older and easier to produce, you can go ahead and start making a slimmer version that generates less heat, consumes less power, and run and performs exactly the same. It's how the PS2 Slim came into existence. It's how the PS3 Slim came into existence. It's how the PS4 Slim came into existence. So the fact that there's a PS5 Slim arriving in 2023 should surprise literally no one. It's just the fact that Microsoft had the brilliant idea to go ahead and try to make their Xbox Slim so much earlier that it was roughly 25% of the performance. Good job. Good job, Microsoft. 10 out of 10 would highly sigh. Oh, man, 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 man. Volvo is now officially... Someone in chat asked, did I finally talk about Discord being on the Xbox? I actually haven't. I, oh, wait, no, I did. Very briefly. It's on the Xbox. I talked about it again. It's about all the thoughts I have on it, to be perfectly honest. You know how kind of on Top Gear, there's the Dazia Sandero, this like nothing SUV and just like occasional, just like in their roundup of highlights, they'll just go like, great news. The Dazia Sandero is, is coming to left-hand drive markets. Oh, cool. Now anyway, and then they move on to a completely other topic. It's pretty much how Discord being on the Xbox falls in that category. Discord's on, on the Xbox. Ooh. Now. Let's talk about the Volvo EX90, an SUV from Volvo arriving in 2023 for the 2024 year that is going to be its very first from the ground up built electric vehicle. I am surprised it took Volvo this long. I just assumed with Volvo having very deep European roots and the fact that the European market is far more enthusiastic about electric vehicles than we are here in the US that Volvo already had this tied down and done, but apparently not. This sucker though is gonna be a three row SUV and well, again, all electric. They're talking about 300 miles of range, good stuff, 496 horsepower and have a quote, very sophisticated computer to manage it all. This is actually way more important than you'd think solely for one reason. The responsiveness of the computer on the Hummer EV is garbage. Complete and utter garbage. I'm sorry for that starter there. The Echo device in the corner got... Anyway, like we actually had... Or not, not we, but we've... Um, there's been a tech journalist out there who goes by the name of Fastlane Trucking that has had their 
GM Hummer stall in the middle of a busy street, and it was all because of a computer glitch. You can't have that happen. You can't have that happen on any vehicle ever. The fact that it also happened on a vehicle you spent a premium price on, because the Hummer EV is not cheap. That's a six-digit vehicle. Six digits to advertise that you feel inadequate downstairs. And then it stalled in the middle of the road as though to help double up on the inadequacies that owning such a vehicle as the GM Hummer would stereotypically portray. I'm trying to figure out (laughs) the most PG way to say this. So the fact that Volvo is paying very, very clearly close attention to this computer is key. No pricing has been announced yet for the new Volvo SUV. I am hoping it is going to be on the cheap because Lord knows we do not need any more $90,000 to $100,000 vehicles out there that accomplish basically nothing other than, oh, hey, we have an EV out there. Cool. I have $7 in my pocket. So before we get to the break, I want to talk for a minute about our sponsor this week. I want to talk about Factor 75. They are a meals to your door program solely focused on delivering healthy meals that fit just about any diet out there. All you got to do is go to their website, gofactor75.com. I'm sorry, go.factor75.com. And you can plan out everything you'd want for the weeks. They the meals come pre-cooked, pre-packaged, a nice little convenient tray. They're not frozen. They're not any sort of flash fre- freezing or anything like that to help preserve them longer. They're cooked, refrigerated. They have a shelf life of about seven days. So as long as you plan it all out, you are still set. Just pop it in the microwave, pop it in the oven, and you are good to go. No mess, no fuss, nothing. You can go ahead and use my link or go to go.factor75.com and use the code FACTORSE7727 for 60% off your first box. And with that, we'll be right back. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. All right, so let's talk for a minute about some crazy stuff. Like, for example, did you know that McDonald's wants to get into the gaming space? Ah, yes. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the McCrispy Gaming Chair. A DX Racer style (laughs) gaming chair in McDonald's yellow and black (laughs) with the words McCrispy in (laughs) written all over it. I just can't help but chuckle because the article we're getting this from PC Gamer, their highlight is McDonald's brings us the McCrispy gaming chair to mark the downfall of man. I can't argue with that. Someone in chat says in before Eagle gets one. There is no way I'd get one of these. I've sat in gaming chairs before because I've contemplated one before. The most important thing with any chair that you're going to stream and record stuff with for a long period of time, it better be comfortable and it better support your back. And gaming chairs just don't. 
they are meant for spoil, and that's it. Now, fortunately for us, the McCrispy gaming chair is not available for wide sale. It is in fact gonna be part of a Facebook competition. So good news, you are likely to only see like a handful of these and only the luckiest of luck guys are gonna have it. So there's hope for us yet. So if you wanna go ahead and win, an, win a white elephant present, uh, go to McDonald's Facebook page. I sure as heck aren't gonna do that. Absolutely not. As though to also show the downfall of man, DeviantArt has decided to make one big change in their stance. They're introducing AI tools so that you can generate art. And DeviantArt is even gonna go ahead and use their own art that people have uploaded to train the AI to generate this art. This is a very bold move since every other competitor of DeviantArt is very strictly banning all AI art as it directly hurts all artists. There are plans to go ahead and compensate the artist whose art goes and trains this AI, but why? Why would you do that? Someone in chat asks, why is Demon Art becoming more like 4chan first? No, there's another site for that. We're not gonna go into details on that. And other, the thing that's really bizarre to me is why? Someone in chat says automation hurts farmers. It's, no, automation doesn't hurt farmers. Automation makes a farmer's job on the farm easier. It's very difficult to, it's very difficult to kind of compare automation in farming to automation in art. Because automation in farming can help farmers be more efficient. Whereas the AI art tool is just straight up replacing artists. Why would I go commission new emotes if I can just have an AI do it for me? A good question, isn't it? It will be interesting to say, see what the art community has to say about DeviantArt doing this sort of thing. I personally think it's not gonna work that well. Now, that being said, AI, DeviantArt is trying to sell this as their AI art is a, is a way for creators to take back control from AI by using AI to make art, which is what artists do, but it's taking control from the AI for artists. You just want to profit off this nonsense, don't you? I see you. I see what you're doing, DeviantArt. You, you, you can't fool me. You can't fool me, man. You can't fool me. Now for some, now for some news in the weird space that's actually kind of cool. How about some people over in China deciding we're going to go ahead and we're going to do something that Apple is too afraid to do. We're going to make a foldable iPhone. They succeeded. I'm not going to lie. This little science fair project of theirs is fascinating. This built iPhone, first off, it did the important thing. It replaced the lightning port with USB-C, first off. Second, it replaced the screen with a foldable one. And third, by Frankenstein together some components, both from the Samsung Flip and the iPhone, they have made, or actually, did they take, oh, I'm sorry, I had it wrong. By using custom parts and a hinge from a Motorola Razor, wrong folding phone, they went ahead and made this fully functional Apple foldable phone. Bravo, bravo. Now, granted, this foldable phone, I can't show you videos of it here for a couple of reasons. One being that it's an audio podcast. One flaw I see with the phone is the fact that the gap 
and how much the f the phone pull the, the screen pulls away from the case as you're folding it does mean that it is not water resistant in the least on a humid day it might suffer problems but that being said this is still a very very cool project and i for one applaud these creative engineers over in china that actually went ahead and made this possible bravo bravo i actually do have a picture i can show the people who are live at twitch.tv slash eagle falcon what i was talking about about how the screens as you're folding it is pulling away from the case long enough and making this huge gap right here so it's not perfect but it is a very interesting design all right, that's that's enough wholesomeness. Let's talk about how robots will roam a university in order to study how humans interact with robots. <laughs> I wish I was making this up. Robots will wander a Texas campus so researchers can study human robot relationships. Oh man. Oh my lord, this is just this is just awful. I hate every part of the i mean like this will be interesting it's an interesting study i would not want to be like on this campus I, ju I just have a bad feeling about this also something about being judged by robots just makes me feel like what is this world i'm living in why why is this a real thing that exists oh but you'd think that's the weirdest story of the week right oh no 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 no, spot robots by college professors studying how people behave around robots. That's not the weirdest story of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the, the last bird, the last story of the, the, the day, the weirdest story of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to talk about an anime called Sword Art Online. For those of you who don't know what Sword Art Online is, it is an anime based around a VR MMORPG in which you put on the virtual reality equipment, you go into the game, but the game was then part of a social experiment to see how well people would perform inside the game if they could never leave. And if they die in the game, they die in real life. Well, fortunately in the real world, we don't have to deal with anything like that. However, one man, Palmer Lucky, decided, you know what? This is a problem we should have. The man who created the Oculus Rift has decided to make a virtual reality headset that will explode if the user dies in a video game. Why? Why? Why would you do this? No, no, no. Are you? <laughs> if there's one thing I didn't want from a fictional story, it was the concept of if you die in the game, you die in real life. No, absolutely not. I just, no, no, bad. Just no. But there's one thing you can't blame me for. I'm not wrong. This is, without a doubt, the weirdest story of the week. Folks, that is going to do it for this episode of Eagle Eyes on Tech. Thank you so much for listening. I do encourage you to check out the daily podcast, The Early Bird Briefing, which you can check out at anchor.fm slash early B-I-R-B briefing. Or you can check out my Twitch page, twitch.tv slash Eagle Falcon, where we record this podcast. Well, we're supposed to record every Saturday, but man, real life, real life finds ways to get in the way. Let me tell you. 
Or if you just want to see what all I all do, well, eaglefalcon.card.co. Take care, and I hope you have a great day. Look, if we're going to go ahead and make a VR headset that's going to kill me in the game if I die in real life, can we at least come up with a way that is, like, not as messy, please? The part about the front half of my head being blown off just seems like all I wanted to do was just make a mess for other people to clean up, clean up as my final act in failing at Beat Saber or whatever the heck I'm playing. Ugh. With that being said, thank you again, Factor75, for sponsoring this podcast. Use my link or go to factor75.com and use the code FACTORSE7727 for 60% off your first box.